0: We are in Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 33, and we've got you mic back there, Albert, right? I'm told I'll hear you from back here, so that may work a bit better for me. Uh, Jesus is, in this section of Luke, responding to and with Pharisees. And like we said last time, Pharisees are often painted as always the bad guys, but a huge number of the people that followed Jesus were faithful Pharisees who believed in him we only hear about the bad ones right just understand that and they they had legitimate questions in luke 5:33 they said to him john's, john's disciples often fast and pray and so did the disciples of the Pharisees but yours go on eating and drinking jesus answered can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. Um, Fasting is a very complicated practice, it takes many forms. Albert has worked on fasting, I think, as much as you've worked on prayer in your life. This, don't take this teaching as normative for our lives in that, well, we have Jesus with us so we don't have to fast. He assumed we would be fasting, and he talked about when you fast. Um, fasting, just really, really quick, doesn't mean zero food or water from um, the um, uh, you know twenty-four hour period or the like. Almost always, a fast was from sun up to sundown uh, or a fast could be from particular food, um, and Isaiah would indicate from certain attitudes and and um, behaviors. Uh, remember he talks about you can't fast to God while you're uh, harming your employees and not paying them properly you have that's a fast to sacrifice to give to them would be a fast Um, usually it has to be a favorite thing um, when Lent comes forward and I'm aware that some Church of Christ folk aren't familiar with that um, that practice but this church while we do not enforce the liturgical calendar We're aware it's there, and a lot of our folk will do a Lenten fast of some sort. Some of them will step away from Facebook, you know, and that really is hard for them, but they'll do it, or they'll step away from an activity, shall we say. Others, it'll be a certain food, and again, it needs to be a favorite food. For example, I could fast uh, against cauliflower. It would not mean anything to God. Uh, I could fast against orange soda. Wouldn't mean anything to God. Uh it has to be something which cost you something because that helps you shape your mind on the prayer and treating others so at this particular time though jesus kind of throws a curveball when he says well they're not going to fast now because they got me but that's going to change now i've said that really fast and i'm going to hand it over brother you you fill in the gaps or correct it.
1: thank you so much since the children of Israel were 70 years in bondage, they invented or created four fasts thinking that that would help and encourage God to reestablish a Davidic lineage on the throne. And uh, that's why they were fasting in a different fast uh, when Jesus came on the scene. In fact, uh, his disciples were criticized because the Pharisees and John's disciples fast and yours do not. But he says, and incidentally, the time will come when they will fast. Some earlier thought that those were the three days of his passion. But no, mm-hmm. see, look what fasting in the life of Paul and others after he had already ascended. Yep. So that argument doesn't hold anymore. But there's something interesting in this very text in Luke 5, and he told them this parable. All our lifetimes we have heard about new wine, you know, wine skins and old right. wineskins and new so on, and, and government. Did you know that that's explaining fasting? And neither Matthew and Mark and Luke, all these verses, along with other verses, constitute more passages on fasting than on prayer, I mean on baptism and the Lord's Supper combined. I now, that did do not have anything that. to do with the weight of anything except that. Right. Uh, the, right now my book of 200 pages is in the hands of a publisher. It will be available soon. And it's, of course, food is the matrix that's used throughout it. However, it's really not about food. It's the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Agreed. Um, Once you think about,
0: and then I want to come back to something you said. Once you think about what fasting really is, you were created with a need for food and fluid. You have a right to have it. In fact, Paul warns Timothy that the false preachers will come around saying you shouldn't be eating this stuff, you know, forbidding the meats and forbidding the, and putting all kinds of laws on it. You have the right. When you fast, however, you are therefore looking at yourself and your needs and your rights and learning how to say no, to step back and not let it be about you. That's a hard lesson. That's a very hard lesson. I mean, today, I found myself doing the very thing I don't care for. And that is, when no matter what you say, the person's going to make it about them. I did that. I was talking to one of our members here, and I said, where's your wife? I'm stripping the names out. And uh, he said, oh, she's home with bronchitis. And first thing out of my mouth was, oh, I've been struggling with allergies. Instead of, I'm sorry she has arthritis. Uh, rather bronchitis I would would hope she feels better what can we do no first thing I did was oh I'm suffering as well fasting is a way to remind yourself it's not all about you and to pull back and since it costs you something that gives you a reminder through the day that it's not about you if it didn't cost you something you're not gonna remember but it has to be um, and I tell you some of you may not care for this, but our Muslim friends that we work with here, uh, they, teach, uh, they teach me a lot about dedication and fasting. During Ramadan, which they go by a lunar cycle, uh, their calendar, therefore Ramadan moves through the year eventually, right? Um, and in Nashville, the last couple of years, it's been really hot, we talked to uh, at, at the Ift, uh, iftar meal, cammy me and I talked to people who were building houses for Habitat for Humanity, Muslim women who took no water from before dawn till sunset and built. And so they can't even put mints or gum in their mouth at all. And that dedication was rather shocking, wasn't it? And it, it was. But they didn't look upon it as a intolerable burden and by the way when it ended uh, and the sundown comes and then they can eat that meal is called iftar it's not the last day of ramadan it's it's every day it's called the iftar meal and they can eat there Um, i found it interesting they had somebody who knew the official sundown time and they had them go and pray at a certain time and then when they came back They were, while we were waiting for the food to be served, there were dates and stuff like this on the table. And they were kind of falling upon it with abandon. And I liked them. I liked the stuff that was there. But I was thinking, buddy, you haven't fasted. Let's pull back and let these people have something. That their dedication was really striking. Um, And it cost them something. And they talked about the cost. By the way, there are, in case you're wondering, all sorts of rules that allow... Well, for example, pregnant women are not required. Older women, women who are under, or men or women, anybody under medication, children are not required to do this. It, it, it's a humane thing. It's not, it, it's a burden, but it's not an intolerable burden. Now, I want to get back to something you said, because I think, um, uh, I think I need to remember this as well. Fast, they were fasting, you said, in order to compel God to do something. I've caught myself doing that. Not so much with the fasting, more with the praying. Um, And that's the opposite lesson that we're supposed to learn from fasting. Fasting is supposed to teach us he's God and we're not. And what are we doing? Well, I'm saying we. That's me. There are times that I've been kind of, you know, all right, God, put up or shut up. I mean, that's what my attitude was. And so I find it fascinating that you would, you would say that. And you said they had four fasts? Were they all in the they, same?
1: They created four fasts during okay. the Babylonian captivity. Okay. And it's so amazing. See, Jeremiah had said in 2230 that no one will sit on David's throne as, as you know, they're perpetuating the Davidic line after Je- Jeconiah. I mean, it's not going to be anymore. Well, they, And it's so interesting that through the minor prophets, you see them... Dealing with this issue, believing that to bring back the Davidic rule would bring a greater pleasure from God to his people. And this is why that the Pharisees and John the Baptist disciples were fasting. And, and, and uh, they said, your doing not. And Jesus said, you're right, mine do not. Because he, fasting in the New <coughs> Testament was an entirely different issue. And another thing, my okay. simple definition is giving up something good for something better. Okay, I like that. Something
0: good for something better. Um, think about why, why would John's disciples be bad? I think John's disciples should know better because they follow John. They shouldn't be trying to coerce God. They wouldn't have called it coerced God. They would have called it working with God um, as he is their God and such. We can always find other words for it. But tradition, do not be shocked or surprised at how powerful tradition is. Um, I love American football, but I never got to watch it much growing up because dad had other things for us to do. But then I got on my own, and I'm going, football, great. But then the Super Bowl would come, and it was always a pain because we couldn't watch it because you had to go back to church again. Uh, I had to be there at 6 or 7 or whatever the time was and have a repeat of the morning, basically, uh, the same format but different sermon, And then they would ask, has anybody here been providentially hindered from taking, you know, they have all that sort of thing, right? When we, I remember the first time we did this was um, in Morgantown, whenever I said, we're going to move to smaller groups in your communities. This is in West Virginia. Morgantown is just an hour south of Pittsburgh. It's where the West Virginia University is, go Mountaineers. Um, And we were there for like nine years. Wonderful folks. So they were But nights were tough, because you're driving on two lane roads in the mountains. And so we would just tell people, stay home and do small groups. There were people shocked at this. How can you, you're not being faithful. And I would talk to them and say, do you know when Sunday night services started? It started in the industrial revolution, when shift work took people out of the rota that they normally were in. So some people were working Sunday mornings. And so we provided another one for them. Uh, it, uh, one person, I just wish you'd do it like the old days. I said, no, you don't. Because they had to cart themselves before dawn to get to a place. And they'd stay there all day and eat the food that they had and share with each other. And it would stay until nearly evening when you had to go back. It's all day long. But the tradition's strong, is it not? Um, never forget. We had a, uh, some fa- a family came over. And again, stripping all names out, and I'll change a couple details, because too many people listen to this online, uh, thousands every, every week. I don't, don't, anyway, there it is. Um, but a family came across, we, we didn't know them, uh, and they said, hey, we're here in Scotland to help start a church or work with a church. And we're going, oh, okay, you know, that's lovely. And they, they picked a place, way up in the Highlands, where there's almost nobody. They went up there, and I knew there was a church of, I don't know, 10, maybe, up there. Uh, lovely place they went and then I got a call kind of figured I would and it was from the woman of the family she said we need to have you up here because there's a problem and I went well fair enough but can you tell me she could no we really need to just have you up here to talk I went fair enough so I uh, I, I drove up there and uh, after a while she she finally sat down and she said the people up here only use one cup for communion and I went that's, that's what they do. She goes, "But we're allowed to use many cups." And I went, "Oh all right. yeah, you can." But, but they like the one cup. And she was going, "But I'm, you know, we, I, I would like to order, and we would pay for it the individual cups we sent from America, so we could all have it. and I said, "Why would you do that?" I said, you don't, "You don't need to change this. It's all right." Well see, she didn't understand. they're hide-bound by tradition, so was she. And that's that's that double-edged sword. And she finally she decided to play what she thought was her trump card out on the table, but she played it to the wrong guy. I'm I didn't go to preacher school. i science school. And uh, so she said, "You could get tuberculosis this way." Well, you can't. Tuberculosis is airborne. Drink after them all you want to, and if they sneeze on you and you inhale, fair enough. But uh, I didn't go through that. I just went with her and i said wouldn't that be fantastic and she stopped as she looked at me and said oh go on cause of death lord's supper i said you just show that to peter you're getting in you get vip seating and you show him that sort of thing she didn't find the humor in that um i don't know anyway the point being tradition sneaks in so quickly and becomes a burden when it wasn't intended to be you know you have people who shame their kids because you don't come to my house for christmas well there's another house involved now and then they have other kids and those kids have don't shame because the traditions change it's no no this is it changes let me give you an example of this um sense and and we'll get right into the wineskin stuff here by the way look up wineskins.org is an online only publication for churches of christ that are kind of like us all right some of them are not quite where we are some of them may even be a bit further but the writers they are really good um and it's free to read the um the, the wineskins thing the the way we can graft tradition in and it becomes a burden. What if I were to say, for example, because it starts with good. What if I were to say, wouldn't it be a good thing that before you left your house every morning, you stopped and prayed for 15 minutes? I think we would all nod and say, well, that that, that would be a good thing. Well, what happens after that is it becomes a rule and you can't leave because that would be wrong. That's a very facile, example, but tradition sneaks in like that. It starts with something good. You know, I'm all a fan of the individual cups, frankly, because while you can't get tuberculosis with the one cup, there are other things you can get. I decided not to give her that and tell her we you know, it's, uh, and by the way, don't panic about the coronavirus. Some people will die. They died with SARS and MERS, which are also related to the coronavirus. There are four families there. Just real quick, let you know, uh, you already have the coronavirus because 20% of colds are caused by coronaviruses, not rhinoviruses. So chances are you get a flu-like thing and you'll be fine. SARS killed worldwide, if you ask people to estimate, they will say 30, 40,000. Under 900, most of those in developing countries. MERS, uh, Middle Eastern Respiratory, same thing, under 900. But the news likes to scare you. Wash your hands. Don't touch your, your face. And um, if you're sick, stay home. Okay. Duh, I solved it. Yes. Oh, I, that's, see, I said starts out, a tradition starts out good and becomes a burden. It says starts out good and becomes a God. That's really true. It is. I never got to watch uh, The Wonderful World of Disney Sunday night. <laughs> the things I've done for Jesus. You missed it as well. <laughs> yeah, the old, the, there you are. I, I, I was in the hospital and so I got to see The Wizard of Oz because that would come on like once a year, Sunday nights, right? In the hospital, you had to feed uh, 25 pence, two shillings, into the TV to get it to run an hour. Well, Cammy remembers those. People would have them in their house because you, they were renting the TV. And so, you know, you put them in, and my dad didn't give me any, but this one guy gave me, one of the church guys gave me a whole stack of these, and so I was able to watch The Wizard of Oz. And I'm going, what other wonders are there on Sunday? This is amazing! This happens outside of church, Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. John is saying that we don't want to point all our fingers at the old fogies on the tradition thing. Young people do it just like this. And so we do have to watch out. I know we're going to run out of time here in about 18 minutes or so, but real quick. There's a language called Sanskrit. Fascinating language that was only used for a very short period of time but the holy books were written in Sanskrit. So for you to understand their religion, um, and you know, Hindu religion, and to teach it and like, you had to learn a brand new language and you couldn't understand, if you couldn't understand it, you're out. Rather like the Roman Catholic Church did for a long time where they used Latin rather than the common speech of the the people, the vernacular. by the way, I find it beautiful in Latin, but um, I understand the point is, if you came in not knowing Latin, you didn't know what was going on. And that's the majority of people. We can do the same to people if we insist upon songbooks and four-part harmony. Do you know that f- I have the first songbooks, uh, songbook printed in the Restoration Movement? It's a wee thing. It has no notes in it. Uh, They have meter up above it. That's a very Scottish way of doing things. Um, But it it was put out by Campbell, Stone, and Johnson. And churches split off of them and quit following the restoration because they brought that songbook in. We're we're not, you know, that's human. By the way, that's one of the reasons why the Christadelphians started. Was uh, that, and some other splits.
1: Yes? On the matter of tradition. The greatest threat to the early church was the Roman tradition. I'm sorry, the Greek, uh, the uh, Jewish tradition. They just couldn't give it up after 1,500 years of what it had meant to the Jewish people. And so this is why it was necessary for God to allow Jerush- Jerusalem to be destroyed by Titus because at that point the, the leadership of the church was handed in to Gentiles and away from the Jews and has forever since been there.
0: Well, yeah, I, I, I don't want to give anybody the impression that, that God doesn't like the Jews. Because right. yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he yeah. loves them as much as he loves us. And uh, the great majority of believers in the first couple centuries were Jews. And so let's keep that in mind. With the, um, the Sanskrit and the singing, what I want to say is you have churches that don't believe any other songs are acceptable. No, we can't play that game. The songs are what sing the songs of your target to what the people are singing find that message and if i've not offended you yet i will now in detroit we were in detroit for 10 years and again wonderful folk uh and we'd likely still be there had they not started hiring off all my staff and so i said no i'll back off so the staff can lead and stay here um and it, it well also winter was an issue um summer's beautiful last year it was on a tuesday um, they, but we we enjoyed being there, but there was a youth rally one night, and uh, I didn't put on the youth rally, I don't do that, I, I hire professionals and my staff, and they do their job, but I wanted to come the first night, the youth rally, anyway, as I pulled into the parking lot, I could hear the music, that, right, I get out, and I'm starting to vibrate a bit, right, <laughs> And, I, and I'm aware sometime there's gonna be a time where two old people sitting in wheelchairs, blankets on the front porch of a home, there's gonna be a Jeep pull up across. It's vibrating, you yeah, know, that sort of thing. And the two old people are gonna look at each other and go, it's our song, because that's the way, that's the way music works, all right? Uh, it's, it's a generational thing. And uh, it was very hip hop, it was very urban, and uh as i'm getting closer to it you know, I'm, you know clothes are vibrating and i go inside and i didn't make it all the way in i stood in the foyer and i was watching and they were worshiping god they were celebrating jesus but it was so far from my my history culture background whatever it was out of my knowledge base i actually said a prayer thanking god that they had found a way to worship him and i went back to my car and drove home Came and said, why are you back so soon you want to go? Uh, I, 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 I said, it was, everything's good. They, they've got it handled. We need to watch and make sure that we're not sewing old patches on new and new on old. Got to be very careful. And I am as guilty of this as any person in this room. I've done it. Um, I've, I've shared this before. I'll just so real quick. Cammies, folk, uh, and some of the people out there listen as well. Uh, their church is highly traditional just uh, 1950 that's what they do and uh it, it nearly kills me if I'm out there on a Sunday I've arranged not to be for quite some time if I'm out there they don't want me to speak because half the church is terrified of me and uh and they're the, they're the half that's paying attention uh so I'm fine just to sit there but the songs are all blood and fountains filled with blood uh and you never get the third verse you know that one. One, two, and four always I don't know anyway just as I am, you'll get 18 verses of that one, and you know, the prayers go on forever. I, I timed a guy once praying. I'm not proud of it. went over 11 minutes, I'm going, all right. Um, then the sermons, and on the way home, uh, driving back to the house, inside, I was full of this, is old, this is old-fashioned, this is awful, this is all true. And God doesn't really speak to me audibly because I'm a member of the Church of Christ who wouldn't be able to handle that. but he does hit me with an impression. He says, "Patrick who are you to judge that fed them I was ashamed I was ashamed of what I've been thinking here I was thinking I'm the one pleasing God and I was judging when they left being uplifted and fed hate that (laughs) anyway Thank you. She put some cough drops up here. Thank you. I heard a little, you know, tinkles. I was thinking, tips! And it wasn't. But that's. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they'll have torn the new garment and a patch from the new will not match the old. No one pours new wine into old wineskins other than new wine. A new wine means it's not fermented yet. When it ferments, it increases in volume, right? You don't put new wine in old wineskins because when a new wine, it'll, it'll crack the old wineskins. Um, if you, I think everybody's aware that they had, um, they did have amphorae, the, the jars that they could put wine in, but most wine was put in skin bags. Um, it's, it wasn't icky. They knew how to do this and do it well. Uh, No one pours new wine into old wineskins otherwise the new wine will burst the skins and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins and no one after drinking old wine wants the new for they say the old is better. Well, that doesn't doesn't mean the old ways are better. Uh, Do you remember light bulb jokes? Those were hilarious, weren't they? Those were great. I'll do this and I'll come right to you. And they would say, like, how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? And it was five, one to change the bulb, and four to say they like the old one better. But then when it came to us, how many Church of Christ people does it take to change a light bulb? The answer was change. What do you mean change? We don't need to change. You get the point, right? So we're, we'll, we'll talk about the wine skin, but you're loaded for bear. Come well, for it. The
1: ending of Matthew's account of this and Luke and Mark's account of this and this account Ends in with some interesting statements about the old is better there were some principles of fasting in the Old Testament that are valid and that's all that accounts then for these three amazing and interesting statements at the end of all three of these accounts
0: I missed a word and I want the word um, you said in the Old Testament there were there were, there were values there were values in fast. values that's worth those okay.
1: parts that are, will be brought over that's but right.
0: But that's the, the whole thing that is, you know, in I got you. I got you. I, I'm with you as well. Um, I want you to think about things that have changed. For example, we baptize by immersion, and, and I don't want to change that. I think that's very cool. If you were to sprinkle water on somebody, we would say that's not enough. But we've done the same thing sprinklers did to baptism. We've done to the Lord's Supper. We took it from a joyous meal to the worst inadequate snack possible (laughs) right and made it tasteless so that the kids won't eat it you know often you know if they're coming in and see it by the way it doesn't work they're gonna take it do I believe that God is still honored by what the way we take the Lord's Supper yes does that make me inconsistent when I tell people I'd rather they be immersed than sprinkled yes There are values, however, that in in Romans chapter 14, it says to Patrick, be quiet, don't judge the others. It's up to their judge, whether they stand or fall. And I love it, they didn't leave it there. It says, and they will stand, for God will make them stand. Worship is not a set of magic acts that you have to do perfectly, pristinely, and if you do, you get the rabbit out of the hat. No. Worship is our way of giving back to God, and whatever we give, he appreciates. Can you remember when you were a kid, and your parent had a birthday, and you had no way to get him a present, right? And you wanted to. Um, I I can remember finding old school work, you know, and trying to make a fan out of it or something and giving it to my mom. And of course, what did they do? They didn't go, well, that's rubbish. No. (laughs) Not if they were decent people. They, they, you know, they put it up. You know, they, 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 they thanked you and they told you how wonderful it was, how lovely it was. It's not up for us to judge your gift to your God. And so all of us have to worry about the new and the, and the old and the new and the old. And by the way, Jesus is saying here that wine is better than grape juice. So you're um, going to have to deal with that one too. That's kind of like when I was in White County, Arkansas. That's where Circe is, which should be pronounced Cersei there's no you in the word. anyway um and my text for the day was on jesus turning water to wine and it was a dry county and i was began to wonder could jesus do that here i'm not sure that that would be acceptable i couldn't do it in this church Uh, i i I know jesus you know when he was doing this knew this is really going to upset a whole bunch of christians in america one day but he did it anyway now I say that, and people are pendulums. They'll go, "Oh, then you're saying we should get drunk." Oh, I covered that in the sermon. <laughs> no, it's kind of like, "Do I believe in self-defense?" Yes. Then, do I believe in dropping an atom bomb on anybody? No, no. There are nuances. So let's play the nuances. Um, I don't really want to move on from this though until you, you you have any other wrap-up or something about. Everybody understands the concept though, right? Of new and old, and how it stretches differently
1: okay the the only thing is an ordinance that god ordained is twofold because he knew that we were physical and spiritual the lord's supper has two there's Mm. two dimensions to it Mm. our baptism the dimensions to it yes and and uh, and fasting and the holy spirit were the two dimensions to replace the person of jesus that's something i'm prepared to defend in the book well and the second, and a, and a, a second idea um, is that at the end of the century, before John the Apostle died, the, according to, to the didache, both the person who baptized a believer and the believer fasted prior mm-hmm. to that ordeal. They did.
0: They did. Um, fasting was traditionally part of the baptism.
1: Yes. Um,
0: and you would have men baptizing men and women baptizing women. That's correct.
1: Yeah, that's right without any clothing that's
0: yeah, because right. they were baptized naked, and co-ed was not acceptable so but again, that was a sign i 'm being born new i 'm hiding nothing i 'm giving everything to God, and so fasting was a part of this very, very serious thing indeed, John Mark Hicks um, has written several books on the Holy, um, Holy spirit. he's actually actually written on one of them but uh, on the Lord's Supper and Upon Baptism. And he does write using theological language, which can baffle me sometimes, so I have to go think about it. And John, John's a friend of mine, so I, I can get in touch with him. But then he wrote, uh, Come to the Table, Something the Water, um, where he combined two of those books on baptism and the Lord's Supper into one, and he could have called it My Other Books for Dummies, I love that book (laughs) i was reading it going okay i got it I, i i'm happy about this and he pushes that we should be making baptism a bigger deal when it happens than we do you know that too many people are wanting to be baptized after church with just their family when they're coming into a major family entering a movement in history and so he has suggested ways of you know, having the Lord's Supper, readings to prepare, prayers, to make it really the whole service. I, I get his point. I think if we don't watch out, it becomes a Jesus and thing. You know, we just add it to our Jesus thing. Um, but again, I don't want to make it a requirement. Speaking of Jesus, our, uh, I won't leave you with this one in the like, next few minutes, so hang on. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the green fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of green, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. You were allowed, the Old Testament, gleaning. You're, you're walking through, you grab the wheat, you do this. If you've never done this, it's actually not hard to do. You do that, and and all the chaff comes off. Then you have the green. Pop it in there. You need good teeth? Uh, but you you crunch it and it is it's bioavailable it's good stuff well some of the pharisees asked, what are you doing? what you are doing is unlawful on the sabbath because they called it harvesting you're harvesting now if it are already been laying on the ground i think they'd probably still say that but if it's in a bowl then they said would say it wasn't they're it was so picky so picky jesus answered them Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat and he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. This is an incredibly powerful thing and I want you to be thinking of it because next week he's not going to let this go. It was a law, an Old Testament law by God you only priest were to touch this bread this is only for the priest well david and his men which are really a guerrilla unit um, small tactics rebellion uh, at the time they arrive and here they are there's there's the tabernacle the house of god and they're hungry and this soldier david walks right in there he's not from the tribe of levite he has no right to be on the premises But he walks in and gets the bread that that had been set aside by Deuteronomy. This is only for the priest, uh, um, Leviticus as well. And he eats it and gives it to his men. And Jesus is saying, and that's okay because he was hungry. I want you to notice this, and we're going to go back to you, Albert. I want you to notice this. When law and love collide, Jesus always picks love every single time and that my friend is one of the most staggering things that hit me as I did my six months many years ago reading the gospels over and over again yes brother God often
1: sets aside his own law for the higher working of another there you go it's just uh, and we're I'm going to leave it at that
0: think about that right But think about it somewhere else, go away.